feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! Hi, good evening. Paul Cooney here with Darren Adee. And Craig Moore, the former Old Firm star, still very much involved in the game and with us as we look at the mid-term report. 19 matches gone, certainly for most of the teams. And what do you reckon? So far, how's it going for Rangers, Craig? I guess the report is it could hardly go better. Yeah, no, they'd be very happy with the way that the, they've gone this season so far. So a report card for Rangers is, is keep doing what you're doing. Um Celtic obviously looking to improve and, and to chase down uh, a rampant Rangers at the moment. And um, we'll get to go through uh, a lot of the other teams as well in terms of where they sit and where they'd like to be come into the season. And I should say, happy Christmas Eve to you. I see more yes. and more people are uh, making the big thing. One more s- sleep before uh, Santa will be so, here. Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't wait. I'm excited. He's I'm got, really excited. He's got the wee white beard, but is, is it, <laughs> what do you think, Darren? Touch of Santa look oh, man, there? Yeah. Yeah. No. He's old enough. Yeah, he's old enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying nothing. Yeah, he's a youth. Darren, uh, for Celtic, what's the, the midterm report? Uh, four victories in a row in the, in the last two weeks? Yeah, kind of strange midterm report because they've just completed an unprecedented quadruple treble, an unbelievable feat, probably won't be seen certainly in my lifetime again. Um, but quite clearly, all attention goes to the league now and and the chase is on, I suppose, and they have, have built a bit of momentum over the past few weeks. It's shipping up as and looking such a an engrossing season, isn't it, Darren? People will for the neutrals. I keep saying, if there are any neutrals in Scotland, have you ever met any neutrals? No, no. <laughs> Usually, someone has some yeah. sort of allegiance. But um, yeah, absolutely, it's it's yeah. there's definitely going to be entertainment in the second half of the season. That's for sure. Craig, did you ever meet a neutral in Glasgow? Since you, well, uh, yeah. well, no, you don't yeah. really because yeah, they might they might have their team, and then you say, okay, well, but is it Rangers or Celtic? Yes, that's it. So last night, uh, Rangers going to Perth, 3-0 victory, really convincing for Rangers, uh, Roof, uh, Kamara and uh, Hadji. Mm. We'll talk about that in a moment or two. Celtic, that was the, a test against Ross County, who beat them, as we know, a couple of weeks ago in the League Cup. David Turnbull and uh, Lee Griffiths, who started for the first time uh, this season and uh, he got the second goal. Hibs, they moved to third after a one-goal victory. Kevin Nisbet scoring against St Mirren. Uh, Motherwell and Aberdeen was 0-0 and Dundee United, good win for them at Kilmarnock McNulty and Shankland returning to form that's a worry for Kilmarnock isn't it uh, Craig that you know, they're on a, a bad run at the moment they are on, yeah. a, on a bit of a slippery slope and I think it's kind of coincided with the, 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 sus, the suspended fine and, and the, yeah. the, the, um, the COVID stuff yep. uh, since, since then it's been a, a real struggle of, of form not only are they losing uh, games they're actually not scoring no. so it's <laughs> very difficult to win games you know so they're in a tough position um, and we'll need to work extremely hard to try and find themselves uh, out of that. Contrast it with St Mirren. I know they lost last night, Darren, but they had been there were eleven games undefeated until then. Uh, Jim Goodwin has got them. You know they've bounced back from that. They haven't felt sorry for themselves, mm. and uh, they've done well. Yeah, you've kind of touched on two teams. One's in a kind of difficult place, and one's yep. in a kind of good run. But there's one point between them, so it kind of yeah. sums up where the league's at. And that's probably not unique to this year. Um, I've obviously spent time at Dundee for a number of years, where. 
you're always two results away from maybe being in the top six, but two results away from from being down near the bottom. So you even look at Motherwell's form and Motherwell uh, with them six points they've got uh, through the, the COVID um, regulations or whatever you want to call it. They'd be second bottom without them six points. So the league's so tight um, and it never really takes shape um, down the bottom. So you're always got a chance of, of still having a very good season. But quite clearly, Kamarnik, it's it's alarming that they've they've lost four in the bounce. So what do you think, Kelly fans? I'll tell you, this, the table looks like this. Rangers, after 19 games, are on 53 points. Celtic have played 16 games. They're on 37. Hibs, as I mentioned, go third on 36 points. Aberdeen are on 35. Dundee United move up as well. They're on 24 points. And uh, Motherwell on 22 points. Livy on 21, another good win. Mm. David Martindale fully in charge. St Mirren on 18. And then, as you mentioned, Kelly, uh, St Johnson and Hamilton on 17 and Ross County on 13. Good win for David Martindale last night. Yeah, he's, he's, he's won every game since he's yeah. kind of been in yeah. from charge. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, and listen, he, he's been a massive part, say he's been a massive part, he's been an integral part of them coming up the leagues from League One, Championship, then coming into the Premier League and, and I, I touched on this a number of weeks ago when they came into the Premier League I was certain they were here for a season and back down but my God did they prove us wrong and they're still going strong and now he's got the role as manager um, so all credit to him because he's been a massive part of the success of the club and we'll look forward to he has indeed the, the matches this weekend we'll give you the full lineup. other headlines today Shelley Kerr has resigned as the Scotland women's manager so uh, we wish her well Craig it, they did well the year before but it was tough and I know she was so disappointed not to qualify sure. for the Euros for next year so uh, we'll see who replaces her but she she did a great job for a couple of well she's been four years in the job yeah and that's, and that's a long time international yeah. football four years uh, you know the opportunity for a, a full cycle uh, and to really make an impact in terms of the playing style for, for the national team so that's something that I know uh, Shelley was very proud of that she, she believed that she achieved that she's obviously got her reasons uh, in terms of uh, feeling it, it's the right time to step away and, and maybe there needs to be that, that freshen up for, for the girls um, but she's done a great job and uh, an opportunity for the next person that can come in and, and, and really take it on from, from where Shelley's left the, the situation other headlines tonight Larson says it would be a dream to play for Celtic it's Jordan Larson we can hardly believe it Darren can't we that uh, you know he was a kid living in Lanarkshire with his mum and dad and uh, he's now playing Spartak Moscow doing well and he said he would love to play for Celtic yeah, he's half as good as his dad <laughs> I think we'd all love if he played for Celtic um, yeah I, I was taken aback I, with his age um, and it makes me feel old I suppose 23 yeah, yeah. supporting yeah. obviously Henrik and uh, kind of at the tail end of his career got to train with him and now it's his kid that's wanting to play for the club um, he's obviously playing at a really good level um, he's scored a few goals a few caps for his national team so as I said if yeah. he's if he's anyway near as good as his dad he's more than welcome yeah 08 08 17 17 700 some Christmas memories so Craig we're going to ask you Darren the best memories of this year it's been such a tough year for everyone with Covid and uh, well, we've never known anything like it none of us in our lifetime so uh, what have been the highlights this year for you football wise it's been great to have the football back we missed it earlier uh, when the season stopped and when was that in March mm. but we got it back the fans not in yet but give us some of your your headlines for this year your, or even one memory 
from 2020. We're going on the lines in a moment or two. Let's hear from the two managers last night. So Rangers convincing 3-0 win at Perth. Stephen Gerrard. I thought we deserved it. We really competed well today. All over the pitch, we'd done the, the ugly side of the game. You know, first balls, second balls. And then at the right times, we really showed our quality tonight. Picked the team that was adventurous with, with quality in it, technical players, because we knew we could get to the right areas of the pitch and then it was about them going to show the quality and they did that. Another clean sheet, strong win. And, and on we go Craig this time last night we were saying this could be tough for Rangers at mm. Perth everyone thought they would win but they thought it might take some time to break them down but it didn't yeah no it was, again you know Stephen Gerrard made the changes uh, to the to the team you know you had Hadji coming in for the start again Arebo so you talk about these players coming in um, and, and again having to, to p- perform mm. uh, which has kind of been the case uh, for Rangers throughout the season that you know when they've called on other squad members they've come in they've done a job Rangers got off to the perfect start a comfortable first half lead and, and then it became a, a very comfortable evening in what yeah, potentially could have been an awkward match but Rangers were, were very professional once again Yeah St. St. Johnson away is, is always a notorious fixture I think Rangers, Celtic any team in the league it's not an easy ground to go to my memory certainly of the pitches the pitch is never particularly mm-hmm. great um, and it's it's not an easy an easy place to play at all and, and the fact that Rangers are it's routine. It's just routine, um, which tells you a lot because it's not an easy place to go and, and win routinely. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> that was a message to Morellas last night, Craig. And uh, yeah. yeah, and he he came on. But uh, what did you make of it? He had a great chance during the. He, he did. He had a wonderful chance, didn't he? he got a gift, um, and and again, that probably just sums up the the confidence mm-hmm. uh, of Morellas at the moment because not only was he, um, you know, clear and one-on-one with the goalkeeper he misses the target uh, so again look this is this is a situation that he's found himself in in terms of uh, you know maybe not starting the game maybe not scoring the goals that, that he has in previous seasons he'll need to continue to, to work extremely hard to, to be able to change that the fortunate thing for Rangers is that there's been many other players that have stepped up to the mark and I think that the, the positive the positive for, for Morelos and Rangers is when he does hit that form again that's going to be a big lift that's probably for me the biggest change in Rangers. I think when Morelos didn't play in the years gone by, Rangers didn't look like scoring. Um, the whole team, I even feel the confidence in the team got hit just purely by him not being there. And obviously, with his discipline issues in the past, he, he cost them by missing. Now, when he's missing, they don't seem to actually miss him. They've obviously roof come in, yeah. um, and and goals coming from everywhere really. So. Obviously, right back getting there. Uh, he scored a few, hasn't he? Yeah, he's done all right. Um, <laughs> so that, I think that's a massive change. I think Morelos is still going to be a big player. Of course, he is for them. But the fact that they don't rely so heavily on them it, uh, certainly benefits them. That's Darren D and Craig Moore with me, Paul Cooney here on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. You can contact us on the socials at Go Football Show. Let's go on the lines then. 0808 17 17 700. Reagan's on the line uh, to talk about. I think Lee Griffiths. Reagan, good evening. Hi right, guys, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing fine, eh? Excited about Christmas tomorrow? You got a gift last yeah, night then? Looking, yeah? I've been mean, looking forward to it. Good. Especially because you still to come back playing well again. But uh, I just I just wanted to say, I thought uh, Rondon Griffiths were playing well last night and did he think that Lee Griffiths should start more games because he's been playing well? He scored the important goal in the cup, in the cup final on Sunday, and then he scored again last night. 
So you were looking for him to start last night, and I see there was a bit of, it wasn't quite banter, it was an intelligent chat between the striker and the manager, and the manager said, yeah, I respect what he's saying. Um, Griffiths was saying, I'm not getting enough game time, I'd like more game time. The manager said, yeah, I'd like to see a wee bit more in training. Well, he got it last night, uh, Darren, and, and he got a goal. Yeah, listen, this is kind of similar timing to last year when Lee Griffiths and Odson Edward kind of linked up together and were devastating in the second half of the season. I think there's any kind of the quality of Lee Griffiths has never been in question by by Neil Lennon I just think from a fitness point of view which in fairness Lee Griffiths early on the season after lockdown admitted maybe he he hadn't come back in the grace of shape he obviously didn't travel with the team for a certain part of pre-season but I think we're all unanimous I think any Celtic fan or any football fan that's watched Lee Griffiths play that certainly when he's fifth and firing he's a a huge huge asset And, and certainly last night I was at the game he was excellent. He gets a goal, um, and he always looks like scoring. That's the big thing with Lee Griffiths. Great. Uh, oh, yep. Oh, I'm okay to ask Darren. Does he think that Lee Griffiths will start against Rangers at Ibrox? Will as well up front? Does he think that New Inn will play two of two up front? Mm. Uh, it's a good question, Regan. Um, I really don't know is the answer, but. <laughs> I think when Lee Griffiths keeps scoring goals and obviously Odson Edward is a massive talisman for the club it sometimes you have to pick the best players um, and at the minute Lee Griffiths is, is taking his opportunity because when he's coming on the cup final albeit for a short amount of time he's scoring he gets a start last night scores Odson Edward I thought was, was good last night as well obviously scores again in, or in the cup final so sometimes as a manager you have no choice but to play players um, so Neil Lennon I'm sure will have a tactical plan for that when it comes round um, but at the way Lee Griffiths is playing at the minute it's going to be very very hard to leave him out What do you I, think Craig? Yeah I think yeah. it's a really uh, interesting point Reagan, in terms of you know does Neil Lennon in the old firm game go with two up top the advantage of going two up top against the Rangers where you know their, their threats from, from Barisic and Tavernier getting forward is maybe uh, one of them uh, or potentially both of them need to be a little bit quieter because you've got you know two two strikers two forward players occupying the two center halves of Rangers so look that that could be interesting um Griffiths asked for the opportunity to to, to play and to start matches um and to, to score goals he did do that he did do that so again he's put himself in a good position and um certainly you know as um, we, we've discussed in you know the type of player the moments that he normally seizes I mean the goal that he scored um last night was was probably one of the harder opportunities mm-hmm. that he had but it was a fantastic header you know going back the way and just the way he punches it back into the to the far corner which we've seen him do many a time was a fantastic finish yeah really well weighted uh, goal took it really really well uh, Reagan what do you reckon Celtic can't afford to slip up at all so Hamilton on Boxing Day uh, Rangers are at home to Hibs do you see Rangers slipping up at all? I reckon it'll be it'll be a 2-2 draw for Hamilton Celtic? No uh, Rangers against Hibs and, and, and I reckon uh, and what, well okay and what about Hamilton Celtic? I reckon Celtic will win 4-0 well, you're certainly opt- yeah. optimistic there. Well, they'll need to do something like that, though, to uh, narrow the goal difference because Rangers have been scoring so many goals. I'm going to be able to ask Darren one more point. You can ask Craig as well. Go on, it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> He's come all the way from Australia. Just for these questions, Reagan, you, yeah. you can avoid me if you want, mate. No, no. problem. Yeah, of course, Reagan. On you go. So, do, do you think that Neil Wearing will drop Scott Brown to play Sorrow and David Tumble for the Old Firm game? Oh, good questions. Yeah. 
again, again, it comes back to Scott Brown um, came in for the cup final and was was really really good. He mm-hmm. showed and and um, a real authority that he has done for years and years. Sorrow has been absolutely excellent um, since he came in. Turnbull is absolutely taking his chance. What Neil Lennon now has, which he maybe didn't have three or four weeks ago, is a maybe a group of 18, 19 that he needs to pick from. So there's going to be huge decisions um, for for certainly for Rangers, but for every week because he's got a, a real vibrant squad at the minute, and it all came off the back of the Lille game, where he obviously it was a dead rubber in terms of they, they were out of the competition. He gave fringe players, if you like, time and they took their opportunity. These guys are probably chapping on the door saying, I want a chance. They got the chance and took it. So, uh, in all honesty, whether he does it or, or whether Scott Brown plays or if Lee Griffiths plays and Odson Edward plays, I don't know. But one thing's for sure is Neil Lenz a much better place now picking a team than he was maybe three, four weeks ago. Regan, let's ask Craig as well. I mean, he played for 200 games for Rangers. Let's yeah. see what he thinks. What would you do if you were Scott Brown? Uh, if you were uh, Neil Lennon, oh, but Scott Brown. And- we know what Scott Brown wants to do. You know, again, he's a he's a he's a winner, isn't he? He's a competitor and wants to play every every match. Um, but he's at that stage of his career now. I think where that that management of him. Uh, is is really crucial, I think, to to get the best out of Celtic. You know, you see him when he comes into the cup final and what he you know what he delivers for for that team in the big moments and his leadership. And I, I believe that Neil Lennon will definitely still look to to a Scott Brown to be starting in the old firm match. And whether it's uh, it's sort of that it misses that particular match. Um, you know, Turnbull seems to be the one that obviously has put his hand up and and made himself um, very very hard to leave out. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he plays a little bit further forward, but I can't see Neil Lennon leaving Scott Brown out of the next old firm match. All right, Reagan, listen, thanks a lot for calling in. We've spoken to you a few times. We hope you have a great Christmas. Okay, guys, thank you, you too. Thanks, Reagan. All the best uh, calling in. Uh, We're bringing everyone together here. It's Christmas time, so (laughs) we want the opinions of Craig and Darren and you on 0808 17 17 700. We'll hear from Neil Lennon in a moment or two and more from Stephen Gerrard. David Turnbull has made quite a difference, hasn't he? Got his second goal uh, last night. Mm. What do you make of him, Darren? I'll tell you what. what's probably the biggest compliment you can play is Tom Rogic came in was excellent. I think that gets overlooked that Tom Rogic is now not getting a game. Mm. So we're talking, Regan's mentioning the different players that you could potentially play. Tom Rogic in the kind of bad spell, if you like, performed. He scored some goals, certainly had a few assists. Um, David Turnbull got an opportunity and took it. And now he's certainly, you would like to call, undroppable if you want. Now, that only lasts for a game or two. Yeah. You only ha- you only have a very small bit of credit in the bank when you're ever at Celtic or Rangers because you've got good players behind you. But um, David Turnbull has been excellent since he's come in. Goals, assists, his delivery from uh, set plays has been excellent. And he's now looks like he's going to play a huge part in the second half of the season. I think he's just, he's coming with a really free mind in terms of, you know, maybe, you know, the other players that have been going through these tough times have had a lot more to think about. Whereas with Turnbull's coming, he just seems to be, have been a breath of fresh air, like really just going out and enjoying his football, being really positive, wants to get the ball forward, plays the ball forward, getting shots off on goal, hitting the target, like just seems to be doing everything without thinking too much and uh, he's made a real impact since he's come come in and like the performances that he's he's had it is impossible to leave him out at this moment in time yeah, yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd agree I, I think it's baggage it's baggage like th- these guys at Celtic have carried a lot of weight mm. and the burden and Neil Lennon's talked about the kind of psychological boost and of moving the kind of quadruple treble to the side but David Turnbull never had that he ain't won a treble um, and he wasn't going for a treble so coming in I, I know 
probably people don't like to hear this players are very individual thinkers they think of themselves so when David Turnbull sees the team struggle don't get me wrong he's desperate for Celtic to win his teammates and he cares about but he just sees opportunity and his eyes have lit up so that absolutely a breath of fresh air is the exact way of, of putting it the win bonus uh, counts for a lot it's your own pride isn't it that's what you're there for you want to play regularly in a first team you don't want to just be training yeah I think yeah. You, when you're out of a team yeah. like don't get me wrong there were certain places Celtic been one when you're out of the team maybe because I had a bit more affiliation with the club certainly my international team but most clubs I was at if I wasn't playing I wanted the team to lose I wanted to be in the team <laughs> <laughs> I wanted or I wanted the defender no, in front it's, of me it's honest, it's, it, it, it's honest. you did I, I, as I said at Celtic it was maybe a little bit different because you're a supporter of the club but I wasn't at the other clubs and when I got left out of the team I was mm-hmm. thinking Simon Grayson at Leeds would not change a team that uh, won or even drew yeah so he no. literally, you could have a shocker, yeah. And if you drew you the game, in. he was. I don't wow. know if it was a superstitious thing or it was just don't Maybe, yeah. don't change something. And he would just stick. Maybe. Yeah. So or, I knew when I was watching the game. Well, the only way I can play is if we lose. Yeah. So mm. sometimes you were like, yeah, but you're, you're right. in between well, in a hard and rock place. Craig, do you know what? We'll come back on this. It's Darren Adi. It's Craig Moore and me, Paul Cooney. The Go Radio Football Show next. The Go Radio Football Show. Former Ireland international Celtic star Darren Adee with us, still looking after the under-18s at Celtic. The Aussie, the Australian international, former Rangers, Crystal Palace. Uh, help me out some more. Newcastle, so, Newcastle United. Yeah, injured there at Newcastle. Yeah. Bruce, you mentioned Gladbach. Kavala. Yeah. Uh, Kavala right yeah. at the very end yeah. in Greece. That was an experience. Could only be Craig Moore who's here. Uh, Mark Viduka, of course, big pal of yours. You yep. were brought up together and you keep in touch with him. Yes. And uh, who was your player of this year? I'm going to throw that to you. Oof. Not immediately, but have a think. Who would be your player of 2020? On the day when it looks as though Maurizio Pochettino could be back. It hasn't been announced yet. PSG have uh, parted company with Thomas Tuchel, the manager. A four-goal victory last night, Darren, but uh, he's out. Yeah, I was listening to I think it was three things. He won 4-0 won his Champions League group and is I think a point off point the top off. of their league so tells you how demanding that job is you'd wonder if the fact that Pochettino is, is free and available and other clubs are sniffing mm. around them that made them push the panic button but uh, PSG a mad, a mad job tough school eh? to, yeah, to, yeah. to lose your job like that Definitely. you know what you're just saying there Darren but yeah. uh, Pochettino obviously has a has history with the football club uh, he's, he's a name that it continually gets thrown with a bigger type of jobs um, and, and this looks as if it could be a great possibility for uh, the Poch to get back into the game. So here in Scotland, no change last night right at the top with Rangers winning 3-0 at St Johnson and Celtic 2-0 against Ross County. Neil Lennon. Very good performance, very good win. Thought we should have won the game by a lot more. Created some really good clear-cut chances, but we played some lovely football tonight and um, looked very much in control. So yeah, delighted, absolutely delighted. And he was asked about the players. So got better as the game went on. You know, lads who came in, Diego, Sorrow. You know, I thought them two were excellent in the second half. You know, Frank Pong had a fine game. So yeah, I mean, we changed the shape a little bit. It seemed to. You know, worked quite well for us today. You know, Connor and Goal was relatively untroubled. You know, I didn't have any qualms about the team today at all. Got good players coming in and obviously fresh and give us a lot of energy going forward. So, yeah, I'm very, very pleased. Good that, you know, in Chalmers back, got some minutes on the pitch. You know, the strikers, you know, Griff getting his goal and they'll get better as we go along. And for Rangers, Stephen Jarrett was also speaking about the strength 
in his squad. You know, it's a process. You've always got to uh, use time. It's never going to be fixed overnight. And we had to wait for a certain amount of windows to keep building and building, keep trying to develop players, keep working with them, keep trying to drill them as much as we can. You know, you feel now as if we're, we're in a place where we have got a strong squad. That's not to say that we need to stand still. We need to keep moving forward, keep trying to progress and um, keep pushing the boys in every single department. That's what we're trying to do. You know, it's important that we keep trying to add to it at the right times as well. Because Craig, I haven't spoken to you since uh, Rangers lost in the League Cup, the Betfred Cup, and mm. uh, you know many people speaking about it. The, the, to win the title is the biggest thing for Rangers, but the chance of getting silverware early mm. in the season could have been significant. It, it could have, and and look, it, it, it was disappointing. You know, there's, there's no getting away from that. Although you can't uh, fault. Uh, the performance of St Mirren and what they've done. Yep. Uh, it was fantastic effort, but uh, the opportunity to, to win the first bit of silverware of the season after not winning anything for such a long time is is a real opportunity missed for Rangers. Um, they had to then bounce back, though, and that, that was key because otherwise, you know, with Celtic starting to get a little bit of a run, we know how quickly momentum can change. And they were certainly tested early doors going behind against Motherwell, but mm. managed to show good character resilience to go on and get the three points, which kind of then silence, silences any of the, the doubters and the critics. Because the nagging doubts could have been there this week, but they have answered them, haven't they? Motherwell had parked the bus at the weekend. It could have been tough for Rangers, but they've come through maximum points in the two matches. Yeah, well, off the back of that defeat, to be 1-0 down after, was it 73 minutes? Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was 70-73 yep. yep. minutes. Yep. Um, yeah, that shows, that shows good bottle because bear in mind in the game when you're in the game to even have drawn that game it's two points dropped and it would have yeah. it would have made more noise um, so when the 15 minutes to go and you're 1-0 down to actually have the belief that you'll go on and win the game it takes that takes strong mentality so it was a, a really good reaction to a obviously a poor defeat Does this help them with no fans at a point like that Craig? Mind you, they'd have the fans with them, surely. They've had yeah, such look, a great to season. To be honest with you, yeah. I've, I've played at Ibrox when, when 15 minutes in the game and you've not scored and they're already on your back. So you get <laughs> yeah. to the 73rd yeah. minute and you're still chasing a game. Yep. Yeah, they, they play they play a big role. But um, I think that this team has grown, obviously, and they've shown that this season. Last season, that, that game is, is definitely a game they dropped points. Hmm. Yeah, the, the fans are really interesting. When, um, when Rangers get a goal back and are and then you're pushing the fans then would absolutely help you but there's make no mistake been 73 minutes the fans are going to be edgy as anything yeah. both yeah, Celtic yeah. Rangers any yeah. any stadium they're edgy so do you take the the right option more often that's when it takes real character and the Rangers don't have to put up with that at the minute um, but I don't think you can you can say either or whether it's a fake it's hard to, it's hard to tell but certainly when you're 1-0 down after 73 mm-hmm. minutes at Ibrox after the defeat yep. uh, midweek against St Mirren the fans certainly would have been edgy Craig's on the line a Rangers fan is on hi Craig good evening uh, good evening uh, gentlemen how are we ah Craig it's our friend hey. uh, from in Canada v- via Australia from so South Craig, Australia yep. yeah Yes, Ted, Craig, you're spot on. There you go, mate. <laughs> Craig, yeah, we're yeah. getting uh, some of our favourites here for Christmas, so we hope you have a great Christmas. Craig, what's on your mind then? Oh, look, I just want to put it out there and, and see what you guys think of this, and uh, I'm, I'm curious as to the, the future of Scottish football and, and more to do with the Premier League, and I'll, I'll try and make it real brief, and I'll be really interested to see what mm-hmm. you guys think. Since 1984-85, no-one's won the league other than Rangers or Celtic. I mean, the last team to do it was Zabardine back in 84-85. 36 years of a two-horse race. Now, I'm a Rangers fan. I, I, I was I've, I was there for nine in a row. I've seen games at Ibrox. I've lived in Glasgow um, and, and enjoyed it and loved it. Um, Celtic's gone through a good patch of nine in a row. Hopefully, it's the end of 10. But, you know, it, 
you can't, you can, this sort of dominance is, is not, is not a lot of fun, you know? Um, and with the finances that both the two big clubs have, you don't, I don't have any expectation that teams like Hibs or Dundee United or Aberdeen, Motherwell, et cetera, are ever going to be able to reach uh, and compete against Rangers or Celtic. When Rangers were out of the comp for those years back when we were, we were you know, coming through the leagues, no one, no one was there. No one could touch Celtic. They, they won it all and quadruple trebles. No one could touch them. Um, and I'll say this real quick. Currently, right now, Rangers 53 points. Hibs are on 36 points. Same amount of games played. That's a differential of 17 points. Yeah. So you've got they've got to win six games on the trot. Rangers lose all six before they they get equal in points. The, the golf is massive, and I'm really curious to see where this is all going to go, and whether or not we're we're going to see a Rangers and a Celtic leave Scotland as far as their first teams are concerned, and go into an Atlantic League or a Scandinavian. That was league discussed, wasn't it? it might yep. be. Yeah. Mm. Came up against recently. It's a good question, Craig. Yeah, and and I think with that, they're obviously uh, the Atlantic League. What they were talking about is uh, they had huge support from majority of the Scottish clubs. But I think the recent report was that um, Celtic had, had kind of said, "No, nah, it's not. It's not for us." Now, again, I don't know the reasons why or why not. Mm. But uh, in terms of the the dominance between the the old firm, you know, um, it is hard. I, I guess. Um, I mean, it's, so you're not going to hear a Celtic supporter now say that they're they're bored or tired of winning um, the, the amount of trophies that, that they have done. But I think when you look at the growth of of, of uh, Scottish football, I, I guess to be able to engage a, a broader uh, you know the population and, and be really excited about what's happening in Scottish football, there's a lot of people that kind of go, yeah, yeah, kind of you know it's same old, same old. But <laughs> for the Rangers supporters and the Celtic supporters. It, it still means it means everything. I know that gap. Mm-hmm. You know that gap is is very very hard to to fill. Uh, and without Rangers in the top flight, clubs didn't really get any closer to Celtic, did they? Yeah, I've I've um, spoke to kind of I've heard many opinions on this. The reality is in, in in Scotland there's a ceiling. There's a ceiling for Rangers and Celtic, of course, a ceiling. But there's a ceiling for the actual uh, product because. Per capita, I think Scotland is a very, very well. Um, there's a lot of fans. If you actually look at it per capita per per uh, head, if you like, it's the highest. There's too many clubs probably in Scotland. Is is the the answer? But would I want to see any of these clubs disappear? Some of these have decades of of history that mm-hmm. we love, and and there's fans. And even if it is only a few thousand fans to follow certain clubs, it, it's their livelihood in Scotland. In Scotland, people are very, very passionate about football and their clubs and their local clubs. So, and you know that from your time at Dundee and Dundee United as well. Yeah, and pe- Dundee, Dundee United, they're, they're what is it fifty yards apart yeah. or whatever <laughs> it is. It's it's a bit crazy. And if you if you join the two clubs, would you have a bigger would you have a bigger um, chance of, of building of course you would but if you spoke to Dundee people and that support United and, and Dundee it's there's no chance happen. no yeah. not in a million years nah. yeah. um, so as a business product absolutely you would need to move to a, a European league but the reality is it's, it's very, it would be very very difficult to do mm-hmm. Craig I can understand I, I, I can understand the question because the, the Atlantic League yep. like, would bring a lot of a lot of money into the game yep it would. Uh, I think Dermot Desmond was reported as uh, apparently. I haven't seen official quotes, but that uh, that he didn't fancy it at the moment. I mean, at some point, you think that Rangers and Celtic would have to play in a higher, and maybe it's something midweek. Maybe it's an Atlantic League, and you still got the Scottish matches at the weekend. Cause it's going to be television paying for it. Yeah, but do you, is there like for me? I, and again, I don't know the reasons why. Whether you know this Celtic saying they don't want to. It, when there's more money that comes into the game and more people are involved in that. Mm. 
that gives them also the opportunity to grow and become bigger and stronger. Mm. I don't know. It's just a weird mm. one to say, uh, you know, 400, I think it was 400 million euro deal, broadcast deal, mm. um, with, a, with a great opportunity to have a massive impact, um, you know, on the game mm. in general. And as you know, the biggest clubs in Europe, they want to get more of the pot in the Champions League. So they want to reform anyway. And Scottish clubs would go further down probably into almost a second tier yeah. in Champions League. That has been discussed. You know, the huge clubs, the Juventus, yeah. the Bayern, and probably the English clubs as well. But Craig, it is fascinating. We would, just the fact we've only got 5 million people, that's a problem. In England, it's 50 million. So there's a much bigger TV audience available. And ultimately, that's where it, the money will come from. When you look back to say, you know, when Rangers played Leeds in the European Cup years ago, there, the the gulf between the the, the top tier in England and the top yep. tier in Scotland True. wasn't there. I mean, yep. Rangers had the capacity to bring louder, bring yep. Gaza, bring these type of players in. That's not going to happen anymore, yep. and the gulf's going to get wider and wider. I'm a huge Jersey fan. Believe me, I want to see Rangers win everything every year. It, it, but but I'm just looking at it from a competitive point of view that uh, if Rangers and Celtic go into an, we'll call it an Atlantic mm-hmm. League and there's 400 million euro there, those teams are going to get, their squads are going to get stronger. I'm not saying Rangers and Celtic leave Scotland. No. I'm just saying that they're, they're, they have a, a second team that plays in and if they have to start in League 2 and work their way up, so be it. So there is a, there is a standing there in Scotland from Rangers and Celtic. But but let's face it, who thinks honestly that uh, anyone outside of Rangers and Celtic, the way things are right now and the, and how money is, is earned and distributed, that any of these teams that, uh, outside of Rangers and Celtic are ever going to win the league? Because mm. you've got to beat the both of them. Yep. Are you going to beat Rangers? Maybe. Are you going to beat Celtic? Maybe. But you've got to beat both. And it's not going to happen. And and the money that Rangers and Celtic are going to get from Europe this year, you know, we, we could sell Borna Barisic for, for 10 million, go sell, sell Kamara for 10, go sell T- Tab for 10, go sell Morelos for, for 20. Mm. Whatever you want to sell them for, end up with 100 million, and you've still got a, a second team there that can play first team football and still be, with all respect, Hibbs, Aberdeen, Motherwell, etc. And then you've got 100 I'm, million to spend. Craig, uh, listen. I'm I'm fascinated to listen to your thoughts and, and they're clearly well thought out but you're talking about putting a kind of second string team the broadcasters aren't going to put their money into Scottish football to watch that so you're actually going to take money out of Scotland which no one then watches teams are worse off for it uh, like broadcasters rightly or, rightly or wrongly but the fact is they come here for Celtic and Rangers because they're two enormous clubs mm. they basically pay for a full year's worth for four games, yep. that's the reality of it. Yep. Um, so to put a kind of second string, I don't really get that. And if and 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 saying that, if if Celtic and Rangers, for argument's sake, went to an Atlantic League, league and sent their second string, their second strings would end up as strong as their teams right now because they'd earn fortunes from being in the Atlantic League. Yep. So their second string would probably be as strong as the first string right now, and you'd have the exact same problem anyway. Um, but I get your point I get that you're trying to think outside the box I, th- I assume probably all the Scottish football does that because you're trying to uh, generate money and I think I looked at it a start and forgive me if I, I could be miles off but Bournemouth for instance earned I think their turnover was something like our revenue was 160 million or something and I think only 10 or 12% of that is through gate receipts is actually through fans coming into the stadium so down in England they don't even need supporters to come into stadiums mm, mm. they need it's the TV deals down there so what you're talking about I get but the TV is the big big difference that's where the money is coming from Craig you're absolutely right uh, we're heading for the break Craig have a great Christmas Merry Christmas to you, lads. And we'll speak to you in the new year. Thanks very much, Craig. Cheers, all the best. Cheers. 
The Ball Radio Football Show. Let's go. Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. 24th of December. Hard to believe, Darren, isn't it? We're almost at Christmas. Do you not think it's been a tough year, but suddenly 2020 is just about gone? I think most people would probably say, thank God. Um, <laughs> it's been a tough year for everyone. Obviously, lockdown. We don't look like we're out of the woods just yet, but fingers crossed 21 is has got uh, more ups than downs certainly this year has been a tough one for everyone yeah we'll, we'll be glad to see the back of it Craig but uh, hopefully things the vaccine is here and it's being rolled out and hopefully as efficiently and quickly as possible yeah hopefully like I said much better things to, to come as as, sho- as shocking that this year has been for me it still feels as if it's really flown by uh, but hopefully bigger and better things for, for everybody uh, next year this time last night we were ready to kick off it was Celtic 2 Ross County 0 Turnbull and Griffiths Hamilton lost 2-0 at home to Livingston Guthrie and uh, Josh Millen scoring a good free kick. Hibs had a one-goal victory at home against St Mirren. Kevin Nisbet, the scorer. Rangers nil. Rangers 3-0 at St Johnson. It was Kemar Roof, Glenn Kamara and Hadji, the scorers for Rangers. And Motherwell nil, Aberdeen nil and Dundee United 2, Kilmarnock nil. What about Aribo last night back in, Craig? Uh, he yeah. looked really impressive. A couple of assists, really. He was involved in two of the goals. Yeah, he was. Uh, look, Aribo, we know technically is a good player. Um he is a, he is a, a, a nice on the eye in terms of when he's driving at defences and I think it was the, the goal for Kamara and puts him through on goal. He has that. He has that. At times, for me, he doesn't do enough in games and I think that's the reason why he has been in and out. But at the same time, I think Gerard has known the, the right time to, to use him. Um, like I says, uh, travels brilliant with the ball, does have an assist in his locker, um, would like to see him score more goals. Is there a contract yet for Kamara? It's been mentioned twice by the manager in recent months. He said it again a few weeks ago, but I haven't heard anything yet. Surely Glenn Kamara bought for £50,000, which was said uh, so many times from Dundee. He's been some signing. A new contract for him? Well, I think I think a lot of the Rangers supporters would love to see uh, Kamara re-sign for the football club. Um, or certainly have the opportunity to have those discussions to re-sign. He's been, he's been great business. Um, look, it's, it's a big season uh, because there's so many players, um, you know, if it was a, su- a successful one, that might look at testing themselves and, and, and trying to, uh, you know, have a new challenge. And it would be good business for the football club as well in terms of there'd be some decent money coming in for some of those players. Yeah, I'd be amazed if Rangers aren't desperate to tie Even, down Glenn Kamari. Obviously, I played with him for... Yep. Uh, what was it, a year or season, certainly at Dundee. Um, he came up from, I think he'd been at Southend, but certainly from the Arsenal Academy. Um, and he was excellent. He was excellent. A really, really top player. I, I think I've said it before, I'm not surprised Rangers and uh, wanted to take him, but I'm surprised at how much he, or how quickly he's adapted to it. He's got fantastic temperament. He's obviously got an enormous amount of ability. Um, so it's great to see him do well. Um, and fingers crossed, he moves on. <laughs> <laughs> so where does he go? Where yeah, does he go? Well, that's the question. That's right. you know? What about, you mentioned Kemar Roof. What do you think? A real Predators goal last night, wasn't it? Yeah, no, that yeah. was, uh, reminded me a little bit of uh, McCoist. Yeah. You know, yeah. in terms of um, following the shots in, scoring the scrappy goal, but it's an important goal. And Roof, since he's come into the side, he does have a range of goals. Um, you know, he's picking up a lot of loose things inside the box, um, which is a sign of a of a, a striker that's in really good form. Um, but like I said, it wasn't a pretty one, but it was an important one, wasn't it? And Hadji getting a goal as well last night. 
Yeah, it just shows that Rangers are in the moment and, and Craig's kept touching on it. It's They're bringing in players that are not playing every week but when they come in they impact the team in a positive way. Um, Roof hasn't, at the start of the season, wasn't playing as much. Now he's playing, he's scoring. Hadji comes in and out, he seems to score goals. Arebo, that's a good place to be in. Here's Stephen Jarrett speaking about uh, the players and the way he rotates it and gives them opportunity. You've got to be professional. You've got to work for your opportunity. When you get in, you've got to keep it. The good thing about this group is there hasn't been any ego or anyone feeling sorry for themselves. People know that if they train well and they perform well on a daily basis, they'll get opportunities. We've got loads and loads of games over the course of a season. And we're hoping to, again, play close to a 60-game season. So it's impossible to do that with 11, 12 or 13 players. We need a, a good squad of 23, 24 names that uh, can cover them games and bring quality and energy uh, and keep the tempo as high as we can for the duration of the season. Darren, the Rangers machine seems well-oiled, uh, well-organised. They know what they're doing. Yeah, they do. And But we're now coming into second half of season mm-hmm. the business end of the yep. season so always I always feel early on in the season you can do these things and it feels good now the real real pressure starts and listen this season you can't fault anything they've done they've been immaculate both in Europe and domestically albeit their, their defeat against St Mirren the one blip um, but that kind of well-oiled machine will be under severe pressure in the second half of the season as will Celtic will be mm-hmm. um, so it won't be as simple and plain sailing, certainly, as the first half of the season will be, but they're, they're definitely in a, a very good place to attack it. And Craig, yeah. is that partly because and things have been rosy in the garden for Rangers and he has rotated it well. There comes a point, though, isn't there, where you're desperate to play and we're not letting, we haven't forgotten what Darren said 15 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted the team often to lose so that he yeah. could get back in if he wasn't playing. Players players are desperate to be involved, uh, but I think what, you know, Gerard has said that potentially you're playing 60 games in a season. What he's selling well and what the players are buying into is that there's going to be opportunities Uh, and like I said they all seem to be buying in at the moment they're coming in they're taking their moments it doesn't necessarily mean they start the next match but they're they're planting that seed to the manager to still be involved big test like I said the last couple of years I know it was a winter shutdown from January onwards Rangers haven't kicked on at all they've come back and they've, they've not performed I know there's no shutdown but it is a test for Rangers to be able to back up the second half of the season yeah I think I think to, to be clear, my point about yep. wanting to lose that that probably came at clubs where you weren't going to win things. I think at Rangers it's easy to sell to the players because a he's he is rotating them, he's giving them game time, but there's a big objective in terms of cups and obviously the league. Likewise at Celtic, the clubs I'm at, you weren't really fighting for anything. You're kind of mid table around the place. That's when you want your and, and international football is probably the best one where uh, you never wanted to lose. You didn't care if you were part of it. You just wanted yeah. to win because you want to see your country of get course. to a major yeah. tournament. Yeah. So I think Rangers, I think that doesn't really apply for the kind of Glasgow clubs, if you like, because I think as a collective they all realise the kind of pot at the end yeah. of the rainbow is huge for them regardless whether they play or not we have to watch that for the headline because you did qualify and you said that you had an affiliation with Celtic Cel- yeah, up in and, Dublin and, and, and even the yeah. ones that don't I think listen to be at a club like you need to buy into the, the end goal if you like to work yeah. that hard and the kind of pressure it takes so um, but no but but Stephen Gerrard is neg- uh, negotiating that by actually rotating the squad so they, yeah. they certainly are all very much invested in it mm-hmm. Greg, you would hate to be at the Rangers team, but uh, how did you feel about it to get back in? A few bad results where you... was I suppose that's the upside for you. And also, look, players players are not silly. They they understand the pecking order as well yeah. Uh, yeah. at football clubs. Uh, but again, uh, you know, it's important in terms of the manager earning trust with the players that, you know, when you come in and... and 
or if you're getting a certain language day in, day out, if you come in and you perform, then the jersey's yours. And then if you do that, and then you don't get selected. So the way that Stephen Gerrard, I think, has managed the uh, the club this season has been fantastic, you know, because players, apart from Morelos, have been disappointed when he doesn't score goals, but that's not frustration against Stephen Gerrard. He seems to have managed the squad um, very, very well this season. Craig mentioned on the phone, Craig from Canada said, um, you know, could anyone uh, catch the old firm? Mm -hmm. Davy Proven on the programme last night uh, said it was 84-85 that they surrendered a nine-point lead. Now, that nine-point would have been 13 points just now because it was two points in those days. And Davy said, I I hate to say it, but it did, that Celtic did surrender a league to Aberdeen back Mm -hmm. in 85. Mm -hmm. Do you think uh, it it could happen? Look, on on the evidence that we've seen so far... Uh, you would have to suggest that Rangers are, are absolutely flying. Yep. Um, you know they've only they, they've had that that that, that bleep like it says they get in the cup and and managed to in a really really tough match um, yep. find the right reaction mm. um, and it wasn't easy. So it's a good good test of character. But we're going through a schedule now where you play Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. Uh, it's a grueling schedule. How they come out. Uh, and, and look in mid-January is going to be key to what's going to happen this season. Yeah, it's been a good week for Rangers, obviously not uh, to lose to St Mirren, but they've bounced back well. And that, that was the criticism of Rangers last season, that they, having beaten Celtic at Celtic Park, just couldn't continue that form. Yeah, well, I know, and, and Craig will know from experience, when you're early on the season and it's nil all a half-time, you're pretty calm and you know you'll get your chance in the second half. As the season progresses and you get to nil all and you're in April, there's a different feeling in the dressing room. There's yeah. an anxiousness. You can't not have it. I remember Celtic Park's different now, but there's a boot room and we were the TV was in there and you'd be going out to play at whatever time scores it was. Scores are coming in. And the scores are coming in. You're watching, well, it was the Rangers score and you'd be watching yeah, yeah. it live on TV because yeah. they were in the morning. You'd yeah. watch it and then whether they usually obviously at, the, at that time they'd be they'd be winning and so would we but the pressure would go on to you you'd realise Rangers had a last minute goal you thought they were yeah, about to drop yeah, points yeah. last minute and then you're going onto the pitch knowing Christ, the pressure's on yeah. that only comes really in the second half of the season mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. don't get me wrong there's been enormous pressure on both clubs um, in the first half but the second half is the business end that's why it gets called that's when the trophies are won He's absolutely spot on, and, and players, players, and managers, and certainly the supporters, and all that sort of stuff. They are they are paying attention come weekend, you know. And, and I don't know how many times, even when I was at Rangers, when we, you know maybe we were chasing Celtic uh, at certain times as well, and yeah, well, they've scored another late yeah. goal, and it's like so. The players are they're, they're all over it. They're yeah. across it. Don't worry about that. Great. What did you think last night? Looking now for third position, well, it could be second. You never know. What about Hebs winning against St Mirren and Aberdeen? Will they be disappointed to drop points at Motherwell nil nil there? Because uh, that looks as though that will be the battle for third spot. Hebs and Aberdeen. Yeah, very much so. And I mean, look, Aberdeen. We we know how good a job Derek McInnes has, has done there. I mean, Motherwell have not been on a great run, so you know. Made it really, yep. really difficult for Aberdeen, but Dell will not be too uh, disappointed away from home picking up a, a point. Uh, and Jack Ross at, at Hibs has, has done a wonderful job, um, you know, and it's a big test for Rangers this weekend because there was a, a draw earlier on in the season, 2-2 draw with Hibs. Um, you know, he's um, he's an up-and-coming manager. Uh, got the opportunity to meet him when he was at Sunderland. You know, he speaks about the game v- uh, really well, presents well. I think he's, he's he's doing a fantastic job. Hibs are right in the in the shake-up there, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And you see Dodge was sent off second yellow. Did you see might the... Be, I, I didn't <laughs> see it, but it might be a blow, that. It, it looked a bit harsh, the second one, but it's hard to... Did you see it? Um, no, I've no. not seen it, no. Yeah. Yeah. The arm did come up. It actually looked pretty innocuous. Yeah. And I think that was the verdict. So Leanne was on the telly last night, having been on here, um, along 
along with Michael Stewart. Yeah, difficult one to say, but they, they, yeah, you're right. They could lose. You don't want to lose him. No, no. because again, so then does that does that leave uh, does that Nisbet then play up top by himself, or mm-hmm. does Boyle then go and join him there? But there, there's a change there that would you know potentially have to have to be made, um, and he, and he will be a loss because Doidge is a, is a very good player for Hibs. Yeah, I think yeah, it, it obviously will change things for Hibs. Doidge is is the type. He's a physical player yes. that likes to play up against people. You're probably right. Whether whether Jack Ross would have played with two up top against Rangers away from home, you never know. So, mm-hmm. um, Jack Ross, a, a really top manager. I got kind of you got wind of him when he was at Alloa. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, the kind of the style of play and the the way he trained players, and he, he obviously got his move to St Mirren, did really well, and and then moved down to Sunderland, and it actually did pretty well at Sunderland. Yeah, and he you did. look at the yeah. circumstances yeah. other yeah. managers are working in, um, and it's come back up in Hibs now, or. I think he took he took them over at the right time. They were yeah. kind of lingering yeah. down the bottom, which was a little bit false because with the standard of player they have. But um, nah, he's, he's he's certainly a top manager, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see him uh, managing at a higher level again one day. Looks as though uh, Sunderland have been sold today. So Stuart Donald, um, the guy you'd watch Sunderland till I die, and obviously you know the club yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, looks as though the deal has been done. That uh, Sunderland they've wanted out for a couple, well, about a year and a half, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, Sunderland, such a huge club. It's been on the market for a long a uh, long time, but yeah. it's a. Uh, I still think is a, I don't know the, the amount, but it's a great investment. It's a good football club. Says the football mad. And the next day we'll also talk about what about Halloran? <laughs> that was a short stay. Uh, Michael Halloran came on for what was it seven minutes? Yeah. Two yellow cards and yeah. he went off. Craig, did you? What, yeah, what I've do you seen. Make that, of it? And I yeah. look again. He's he, the, the the second yellow card. Yeah, he kind of. I think he catches Barisic a little bit, but um, look, he'd be unlucky to be. To, to get that second year, they'd be disappointed. But again, it was just someone that was trying to make, you know, trying to compete. Um, unfortunately, uh, the sending off uh, in, in seven minutes, yeah, wasn't great. Too. He wasn't ago. looking for the day off in Boxing Day. No, do I don't think so. No. I don't think so. But no. Callum Davidson not happy with him afterwards. Uh, the quotes afterwards. No, I can yeah. understand why he's he's obviously a, he's a more senior player. Yeah. He's coming back. I think it's probably his third stint to the club. I know he had a couple of long moves. Playing against Rangers, obviously an old club of his. He's come on probably eager as uh, it's a little bit naive. He wants to prove something. Of course yeah. he does. Of course yeah. he does. He's got it wrong, and obviously your manager's going to slap you in the back of the head for that. But <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure he'll be disappointed as well. As Darren and D, Craig Moore and me, Paul Cooney. Uh, another hour to go. We're going to get your uh, team of 2020, or the the moment in football that you've enjoyed most in this most difficult of years. And we're taking more of your calls on 08 08 17 17 700. And we're on tomorrow. Ali Defoy is on in the afternoon with some of the highlights, the best of the programme in 2020. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. Football show. Let's go. Paul Cooney, great to be with you. And Craig Moore and Darren O'Day as the 
The minutes tick away for Christmas is coming. We hope you have a fantastic Christmas with us here in Go Radio. Crofty's on tomorrow morning early. Good on him, up and about. And then Grado's on from 10 till 2 with a Christmas special. And then Ali Defoy from 2 till 5, including the best bits, the best bit, Craig, of the programme since we started, what was that, five months ago? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, unbelievable. Grado, Grado should be should be great fun yeah. as well. <laughs> He's some guy, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> they were on this morning. Yeah, Jackie Bird is missing it. It's that meme that's going around saying, "Oh, because she didn't do the Hugmanay program and the BBC 2020 is just uh, gone as it's gone." It's really funny. It's uh, seventy odd thousand hits for it. So have a look at that on the socials at Go Football Show, or you can call us 0808171700. Text your message to Go plus your message on eight seven four seven four and. We're on the socials at Go Football Show. Rob's off tonight. I think uh, well earned rest for him. I mean, he does so much. Doesn't BT Sport? He's on the Beeb. He's on here at Go. So, but I know he's listening. Rob, have a fantastic Christmas, and he'll be back. Well, we'll be back on Monday because on Saturday the matches are Rangers at home to Hibs, Aberdeen St Johnson, Dundee United, Motherwell, Hamilton against Celtic, Kilmarnock, Livingston, and Ross County St Mirren. Ross County, of course, with John Hughes in charge. We mentioned David Martindale earlier on. Tough job for him there, but if anyone can, then Big Yogi can. You played against him, Craig? Against uh, yeah, John no, he was yeah. uh, again. Uh, I was younger when yeah, when he was just playing. A boy, he, used yeah. to, he used to try and scare you, didn't he? Yeah. He was one of those, those players that he was big, he was loud, um, try to in- intimidate you. Uh, but he's a great character and has been for many many years for for Scottish football. Uh, certainly. Um, you know, good experience um, when it comes to the managerial stuff as well, and especially up that neck of the woods, Ross County. I'm sure he'll he'll look to to pull them together as quickly as he possibly can and see him try to climb the the ladder. Uh, not an easy task. Yep. Not an easy task. But um, you know, it'd be interesting to see whether he can do that because Ross County need to find something more in this um, back half of the season to to try and climb the ladder. Darren, you just gave up playing uh, last year. Uh, you're only 32 years old, so but you, uh, you know you said 32, I, 33. Yeah, I think yeah. 33. 33. Okay. Know. Yeah, 33. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. So, what was it like at this time of year, though? Because football, you know, as consumers, we love watching it and hearing it on the radio. What was it like for players with you, with a young wife and young family? What? How tough is it around Christmas? Say it's tough. Yeah, the players I think enjoy the actual games and the the feeling around it and. Obviously, we keep going back to COVID with no yeah. fans, but the fans, it's usually a really good atmospheres in the games. Um, but the, the difficult part is you're giving up kind of what everyone really enjoys about Christmas, eating and drinking too much. Uh, <laughs> you don't get to do it. Yeah. Um, so certainly as a player, I had many different experiences. Obviously, I was abroad for a part of my career, but probably ones where when I was, was at home, uh, I remember being on loan at Leeds and having to having to be in a hotel in the evening so we had to meet up at the train ground at five o'clock so I had Christmas dinner not with the family I think I ate at like half twelve and you're yeah. you're eating kind of I think I had a bit of turkey and a mm. bit of potato but not much and obviously you're veg and I'm driving down then I left the house maybe at half one two down there for five o'clock and then travelled away into a hotel at night Um and then when you're in a hotel you've got different characters and we, me and Craig are talking off air Myself, I was starting the game the next day. I think it was Derby we were playing. Um, and a couple of the boys who weren't playing had a few drinks in the room. And you're thinking, my God, yeah. <laughs> I hope you don't come on tomorrow. <laughs> sure enough, 15 minutes into the game, I won't name the player, although he's yeah. retired, so it would yeah. make a yeah. difference. 
but a player goes down injured and I'm looking over thinking that's his position that lad I saw last night having them few drinks and here he comes on and I can I know in my head he's thinking I've messed up here oh, I've messed up here I didn't here. expect that yeah. so every time he actually passed the ball straight I was actually really I was really uh, full of admiration that he managed from seeing the nick of him the night before but that was probably few and far between I was probably in a generation that that was not regular mm. players looked after themselves yeah. Craig I don't know yeah. when we, you um, were probably, that, probably us less so Greg how was it for you <laughs> uh, look, I mean we, we used to Walter Smith and Archie Knox used to bring us in Christmas day um, what time 10 it, it was normally about yeah, 10, 10.30 like obviously get up in the morning spend some time with your kids and um, and it's important they you know they stress the importance of spending that family time but we probably had a few characters uh, in our squad at the time as well that they felt it was important to to get the squad in during the day Gaza, yeah one of Coist, McCoist uh, not Ali yeah, not <laughs> Ali Darani would have been in the in the mix there as well but so we we come in on Christmas day and um, a, a light session uh, Darren, normally just a light session I don't know whether Rangers and Celtic maybe still do that oh, I'd, to, I'd to be, this day yeah I'd be amazed if they weren't coming in now I think most clubs do I yeah. think it's a it's a thing it's basically just as normal would you come in the day before a game yeah. to train yes yeah. you would so yeah. you come in Christmas day it's, it's irrelevant that it's day I think managers will be obviously sympathetic in terms of bringing you in and, and getting you out as quickly as possible yeah. maybe the time you come in as well if obviously players with kids you don't want to be coming in first thing in the morning you want to spend time at home mm-hmm. Um but yeah, Christmas was was always a, a funny time. Then you've obviously come into New Year, and New Year's the next problem. And you're, you're obviously in your generation, the the Rangers Celtic game was on the first. So yeah, it was New Year's Day. But we were we were talking there as well. I mean, I don't know really how many times uh, you know New Year's been spent with your with your family as such. You know, because a lot of that time as a footballer, you know, whether it was sometimes I've been away with the national team, so you're in a different country away from family. Yeah. Um, you're in hotels, uh, and and you know it's. Um, it's normally a great moment to be able to celebrate that, but uh, in football, those the sacrifices that, that a lot of people need to make to be mm-hmm. professional footballers and all that, it's not fun. I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's not fun being in hotels and being locked away from your family, uh, and especially, yeah, let's let's not forget, like it's great when things are going well and all that sort of stuff because the mind's good, energy yeah. feels good and all that. But if you're in a a rut or your your confidence is is, is not great or you're in a bad run of form, that's horrible being away in a hotel. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, New Year, like New Year's Eve. I'm gonna say in my career probably was asleep for the bells more often than not. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Why would you stay? You wouldn't stay up to twelve o'clock if you had a game or train the next day. Yeah. So why would you otherwise? Um, but then when I went to Bros, I think my first ever Christmas as a professional, uh, not playing or training was I went. It was in Toronto, and they're obviously that's the end of their season, December. And my God, did I have it was the best. <laughs> it was the best. It was absolutely. And no, honestly, I was. Honestly, I absolutely loved it because I was so used to shutting down at that time of the year. Mm. Uh, or sorry, playing at that Wait, time of the year. Yeah, so yeah, see yeah, to yeah. shut down, yeah. it was just absolutely amazing. I loved it. It was probably one of my favourite Christmases. Um, overindulged and pre-season came round the corner quickly after that. But um, A great no, city to overindulge, isn't Toronto, it? Toronto. Yeah, yeah. No, fantastic city. Yeah. So um, I've had yeah. a few different experiences. But the one, the players now, certainly in Scotland, It'll be just business as usual. Because oh, a big weekend, as we mentioned, Craig, we'll come to it. Rangers against Herbs, uh, the big one, and Hamilton against Celtic. The Rangers-Herbs game is the early kickoff, 12.30 at Ibrox. The rest are at three. Aberdeen, St. Johnson, Dundee United, Motherwell, Kilmarnock against Livingston, Ross County against St. Mirren, as well as Celtic playing at Hamilton Ackies.
going to ask you in a second or two then your uh, memory, football memory of 2020. Before that, let's hear from Neil Lennon then. Uh, a couple of goals last night and he feels that uh, there's going to be more coming from this team. I mean, we missed great chances, you know, particularly second half. You know, Griff scored a great goal with a header. He could have had a hat-trick. Watson, Mackey. But the quality of chances we were creating pleased me more than anything else. You know, that's something we haven't done, you know, consistently for a while. So yeah, good all-round team performance, clean sheet. Um, and it just keeps us, gets a little bit of momentum going, a little bit of confidence. Some of the headlines, Craig, they're saying um, my boys will give someone a good thrashing. So Neil Lennon reckons that the goals are not far away from getting three, four, five goals. Edouard had a couple of chances as well yeah, last night. Look, it could have it could have easily been that um, yesterday. It really could have against Ross County. And uh, there was there was a lot of opportunities in the game. Uh, in the end, comfortable two 0 But you know he's right. If they if they make sure that everything sticks on that particular day and and the strikers are in form and hitting the target there will be a team that can take four or five of them. And, and that's probably the change that we're uh, recently in Celtic because we're worried about game by game whether or not they can go and get a result. Now all of a sudden they've, they've, they've put a little bit of a run together, a little yeah. bit of confidence. Squad has stretched a little bit deeper in terms of the trust of the players and, and hopefully for, for them that, that performance and, and that kind of result was not too far away. Yeah, I thought the fixture was just absolutely perfect coming off the back of the Sunday game. Yeah. Mm. Ross County, our team, bottom of the table, just changed manager. A manager that's gone in 48 hours previously has no time to work on it. And so essentially, I, I think John Hughes subconsciously was thinking, don't take a hammer in here. He's got a huge game against yeah. Saber in the weekend. He doesn't want to be picking up the players. But likewise, if they had have been in a different moment, Celtic were probably what you would have wanted to do as an opposition come to Celtic Park was test them early on because obviously they've had 120 minutes of football, huge drama. Yeah. It was perfect for Celtic. Um, it was so, so comfortable. Connor Hazard had barely a save to make. It was They spent most of the game in, in Ross County's half. They scored a couple of goals. Neil Lennon's right. They definitely could have scored a few more. Um, but all in all, it was a very, very comfortable evening. What would you say about Connor Hazard? You've worked closely with him, I would imagine, at Celtic. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, obviously I've... I work with the 18s I've, I've obviously seen them and I hear obviously a lot of them with the reserves and obviously now this year with the first team I, I always find it funny when people talk about players making their debuts and they come out of nowhere which to the Celtic fans eyes Connor Hazard is maybe uh, that's maybe the, the case with them but it's it's not you hear we hear ins and outs he's been training particularly well for mm. the last few months and it's it's coming um, he's obviously went on loan to Dundee last year and did yeah. did really well I believe he had like, I think six clean sheets at Dundee um, so he's, there's an enormous amount of work he's obviously still very very young especially for a goalkeeper he's come in and, and played already in some big games um, and done really really well so from an academy point of view, we take so much satisfaction in that, but I certainly can't take any credit. I've never worked with him, but uh, delighted to see an academy player come through and play in the first team. Craig, take the credit. You should take some of the credit. He's too modest, doesn't he? What about, uh, he's it'll, it'll be he's interesting, modest. won't it? Uh, well, it's a week tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, no, a week on Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, Rangers against Celtic. Alan McGregor, what, 39 years old, done everything, still at the top of his game. He's still playing really, yeah. re did a really good save for Rangers last night. Yeah. He, he can be, you know, doing next to nothing for such a long time but he's he's always ready to pounce. He did well for Rangers. Connor Hazard contrast with him, a 22 year old and a 39 uh, year old, going to be yeah. it's interesting. And look, yeah. one thing you know, again with McGregor, he's been he's been about a, a long time. Yep. He has fantastic experience. Um, he makes great saves that that sometimes gives you that lift that you need. Uh, you know, I watched a couple of earlier games, you know, in the season where again we're talking about Rangers not conceding goals, but big saves, big moments from Alan McGregor. 
um, and 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 that pulls your your team into into line again. Is uh, a character. Griggs, there's no doubt about it. He is a, he is a character. And and he's a winner. Hmm. He's a winner. You see him on the pitch, and he's moaning like you wouldn't believe. He's he's shouting at his players. He's I don't know who he went down trying to fake cramp the other day or, or something like that, trying to kill a little bit of time. So he's trying to, you know, he's always trying to find ways and thinking about how Rangers can get three points. Get the angle, Darren. We've given you half an hour or so. What what would you point to in 2020 then as a, a footballing moment that you enjoyed most? Yeah, I was thinking about this. I'll I'll obviously stay away from Celtic things. Yeah. Um, don't be too obvious. I really enjoyed the uh, two, three-week window of Champions League football. I think it was in August in Lisbon. It was like the feeling you had around the World Cup where there's games on, real top-quality games. Um, I just really enjoyed it. Uh, I think there was one leg for, for up to a certain point. Yeah, but I think even the quarters were like that. But you're right, it was like a, f- a, f- a football festival. It was, yes, f- it was, it was brilliant. Yep. I thought it was brilliant. Like I actually thought Cup. as well for the players... Uh, with the amount of games that they play, uh, you know, protecting the players, maybe it's something that they can do uh, further forward. And with a, such a bad year as well, yeah. uh, to see games go ahead. Yeah, uh, no, it was brilliant. It was it was brilliant. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, the one-legged things w- was great as a spectator. It's never going to happen in Champions League football because they're yeah. desperate for the big sure. teams to, to to protect them, if you mm-hmm. like. Um, but no, I loved I loved that kind of two, three-week window of football. And, I, and it was badly needed in 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 the world if you like at the time so uh, no, I really enjoyed that Bayern came out well on top didn't they, they against they PSG did. there was only one winner what about for you Craig was, he, the, just took, the... he just took my point no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm only joking look for yeah. me look in terms of being here in Scotland I've, yep. only, been, I've only been back for three months yep. um, and, and I thought it was fantastic obviously with the with the qualification for, for the Euros I know that everybody will be yep. saying that but more importantly it was, it, it was 22 years a moment, obviously, in that penalty shootout where Mitrovic misses it and the look on uh, Marshall's face, yep. I thought, yep. was absolute gold. I thought it was yep. priceless. <laughs> he just uh, looked, didn't he? Just, uh, just in just, case, it's just infringement. A, it's amazing yeah. for Scottish yeah. f- Scottish football. Again, I'm not talking about an individual or a, or a, or a, a club side. Uh, just more about, I think, what it can give the game. And something similar in Australia this year. I mean, they we're lucky enough to to get the opportunity to host the rights for the Women's World Cup that was announced, I think, in June yep. uh, for 2023. So that's another huge lift for, for the game in Australia. Mm-hmm. You won't be... Well, you will be missing the weather because it's high summer over there. Oh, yes, it'd be bacon, but look at look at my skin. Look at look at my complexion. So I'm better off in the colder yeah. weather than 35 <laughs> degrees back in Oz. <laughs> Mentioning the women's game, so as we said in the first hour, Shelley Kerr stood down as coach of the national yes. team. Shelley Kerr, MBE, she's done a great job. She said, naturally, I'm deeply disappointed that we failed to qualify in our recent UEFA Euro qualifying campaign. There were huge expectations surrounding the whole team based on our recent successes, but I couldn't be prouder than to have led the team as well as the team behind the team to the Women's World Cup. And Ian Maxwell, the SFA chief executive, said Shelley's impact on the Scotland national team cannot be underestimated. We're thankful for her contribution in leading the team to historic success in qualifying for the Women's World Cup and for the dedication and commitment she showed to it. She really helped to take it onto a different level, didn't she, when we got through and did so well getting to the, the World Cup, especially when the men's game was going nowhere internationally. Yeah, and that was, I think people need to remind themselves when we're saying yeah. it was 22 years since Scotland qualified as the men's team. Um, no, she did, and I've been lucky enough to spend a bit of time on different radio shows and then listen to her speak. She's an impressive woman, and I'm sure she'll be a wanted woman now mm-hmm. coming out of that job. There'll be plenty of people, we're talking about Pochettino on the men's game, yeah. when, when people of that quality become available, clubs look. 
And Craig, we asked her last week, she was in the studio, yes. as you know, and we said, um, in the future, would you like to manage a, a men's team? And okay. she has actually, it's still yeah, in yeah. university. Yeah, 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 so. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, it was not the female, uh, first female that would have uh, managed a, a, a men's yep. team. Um, we've seen some some out in Asia that have obviously done that. So, look, she she loves football. I, I don't know Shelley personally, but I've seen bits and pieces with her on the, on the, on the television and you can see her passion for the game. Um, she knows what she's talking about. She obviously feels that now was the right um, time to, to step away from that role. But at the same time, um, there will be a lot of opportunities and the women's game is is going absolute gangbusters. It's growing so fast and I'm sure there'll be some wonderful opportunities for her in the future. It's going gangbusters. Is that the phrase in East Kilbride these days? Uh, great uh, great is, phrase. Is that yeah. maybe just a, an, Aussie, no, an Aussie saying? Gangbuster, Love it. yeah. Love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got yeah. it. I got yeah. it. I understand <laughs> yeah. exactly. Oh, no, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Never like heard it. of it, but I knew uh, exactly what you mean. Yeah, I come up with a few things every now and then. <laughs> Craig, you cut through as always. It's great to see you. You always know it's Craig Moore. You can hear Dan the D. You know, it's his voice as well. And and uh, me, Paul Cooney, droning on. But we're, uh, no, we're loving it. And thanks to everyone who's tuning in. We're 300,000 now in the downloads, uh, Craig, which is magnificent. Isn't well, it? We, we wanted a couple hundred thousand by Christmas and we're heading for the 300,000 mark. So you're part of the winning team and you're on the boogie bus for Wembley. Oh, I, can't, I really can't <laughs> wait. That's great, yeah. being, great being part of a team. And Fantastic. Darren, yep, Darren as well. Next summer. England against Scotland. You'll be with us. No, I definitely yeah. won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I think you might be. Yeah. <laughs> We're back after this. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go, go, go. Christmas Eve 2020. Paul Cooney with Darren O'Dee, Craig Moore and you on 0808 17 17 700. Looking back on some of the highlights of 2020. Football-wise, we know it's been such a tough year. On the day when, well, we're looking back last night where Rangers are resounding three-goal victory at Perth. So Rangers, 53 points. Celtic, a 2-0 win at home to Ross County on 37 points. Three games in hand. And we're just now nine days away from Rangers against Celtic at Ibrox at Ibrox Stadium. But of course, the managers will be saying it's game at a time. And this weekend, Celtic make the short journey to New Douglas Park. Hamilton, uh, second bottom of the table against Celtic, second top. Rangers at home to Hibs. Other matches this weekend at Petaudry Aberdeen against St. Johnson. Kilmarnock against Livingston. Ross County, St. Mirren. And uh, Aberdeen, St. Johnson. I mentioned that. So, yeah, Dundee United. Motherwell as well this weekend 0808 17 17 700 and Craig you were wanting to say your highlight though since you came back here was at the end of October Scotland's win and the fact that we are heading to the Euros 2021 yes sir yep. I can boogie that was uh, that was the one I think uh, I've seen all the all the stuff come out of the dressing room um, through the social media and all that I thought it was different class Um Something really to, to be excited about for the country. And and like I said, also Marshall's look yep. during that penalty shootout was almost he was looking at the referee one, he was like, Is that it? Is that it? Is that it? Have we qualified? Have we qualified? I thought it was a great moment. Yep. Your highlight to twenty twenty one, I mean everyone involved at Rangers are hoping, thinking it looks as though it could be the first title in uh, ten years, Craig, but you're yep. not counting your chickens yet. But that, that could well be your highlight come this time next year. Oh, but look, I mean, that would, it would be fantastic for Rangers if they can win the season, um, 2020, 2021 season. But look, there's a lot of football still to be played. We know the last couple of seasons, they've you know started off well and then fallen away. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of football and the next month, the next, the next three to four matches are really, really important. And if 
Rain has come through unscathed, then it really is theirs to lose. Mm-hmm. Quick word about uh, in England, Man United much criticised a few weeks ago against Solskjaer. Another win for them, OK, in the Cup last night, but 2-0 win at Everton. Yeah, I watched it. Um, I think it was Gary Neville that said it, and it was so, so true. Is See, when you looked at the league table, you, you hear, keep hearing Solskjaer's on the brink of maybe being under pressure, losing his job, and then They're in third, aren't they? Yeah, and, and it's and Man United have been nowhere near that yeah. in the last few seasons. They're coming up to Christmas as well. I, I obviously you that's one good thing that's come of of uh, COVID is the games have become so accessible to watch. I've watched more football in the last kind of few months than I have um, in a long time, especially English football because on in every in every yeah, different yeah. station, different channels. Um, and they're a strange side, Man United. They look electric some some mm. weeks. They look really poor the next. But uh, the league table down there is is certainly a strange one. But I think in the next game might might be against Leicester, who, who Leicester are, just, are yeah, in well, second. Yeah. So all of a sudden, if they they win that game, and I think they're away from home, which they're they're perfect form away mm. from home. They haven't lost away from home, Manchester United. Um, yeah, I think I've seen the same bit from from Gary Neville. It was like it's 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 really weird. Like the way that we've been talking about Manchester United this season, yeah. They win this game against Leicester. They're they're in second position uh, and and not not far away, like within touch from mm-hmm. from from Liverpool. So it's been a really really strange season. It has in yep. terms of um, the way that the football's gone and the certain runner results, uh, the inconsistency. We were talking last night. What do you feel for Mikel Arteta? You know what player he was at Rangers, Everton, yeah. Arsenal, and a great yeah. start winning the FA Cup, yeah. winning the Charity Shield. But it's tough times for him at the moment. Yeah, and and again, you know, I've seen some of Mikel's. Um, Press conferences, mm, yeah. you know, starting to talk about the the, the stats and and that yeah. there's um, there's there's other things you know that are coming into play and all that. It's a tough job, a really tough Huge job. club. It's it's a massive club. Um, you know, he's he's unfortunately had uh, some some disciplinary issues in terms of yep. players not being able to stay on the park, which obviously then impacts uh, what's actually happening. Uh, they aren't creating enough opportunities for a type of Arsenal team. Yes, he's tried to fix things defensively, but then the flip side of that is they, they don't seem to be able to go on and score and, and, and be anywhere near efficient enough in front of goal. So it's a big problem. And, you know, people are saying because he's uh, Pep Guardiola's mate that he might have a little bit more time. But, uh, you know, if Arsenal don't pick things up, it doesn't matter who you are, you, you won't be in a job for much well, longer. If he, if he hadn't won the FA Cup, he'd be in bother, I think, now. Yep. Um, I think he's he's got a bit of feel-good factor from that and... A bit of credit in the bank. Arsenal, just for years, because obviously I grew up in an era watching Man United and, and Arsenal, Arsenal go head to head. Massive and rivalry. Brilliant. Yeah. And Wenger and uh, Ferguson. Ah, yeah. brilliant. They're just a, a kind of fluffy football yeah. club. Yeah. Just, I don't, they're a huge football club. Yeah. I, I, from the office, clearly on the outside looking in, I don't like this, the Ozil situation. Um, yeah. I play, I, Ozil comes across as a character when he left Real Madrid people like I think the dressing room likes him mm. so to alienate someone like that, I think he's a type whether he means to do it or not could be poisonous around the place um, see, and I don't, I'm not yeah. putting that onto him sure. but sometimes yeah. players get on with others and when mm. you see your mate getting pushed out and it just feels like yeah. to have someone on that amount of money well, is that stature and, and they've yeah. struggled in terms of creativity this season yeah. and that's exactly what Ozil Obama Young you know, oh, you know yep. even Obama Young, know. he's like he's yep. drifting out to channels and that sort of stuff, and maybe not in the um, in front of goal uh, often enough. Lacazette probably can play as a ten, but he's not Ozil. Um, so it's it's been a really really strange one. I was a little bit excited when uh, Thomas Partey uh, right, yeah. come in come in from from Atletico Madrid, uh, who I knew quite a bit about. 
But again, that 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 lift of excitement that was there, game one, game two, and all of a sudden, you know, that's that's even fallen a little bit flat. So. Tough job, okay. tough, tough job for Mikelite. And again, the club's come out and supported him, but we've seen that many a time where you get the support yeah. and all of a sudden. Should we take some more calls? Let's go to Scott, a Rangers fan is on the line. Scott, good evening. Hi, guys, how you doing? Hi, good. Thanks for calling the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Excited for Christmas? Uh, yeah, today's been kind of just waiting until tomorrow. So not really much today, but I want to talk about moment of the year. Yep. What What's your moment of 2020? Well, Craig took my first option, which is David Marshall's penalty save. Yep. But my second one, I couldn't, I can't believe happened this year, was the Rangers comeback against Braga from two 0 down, managed to win three two, then obviously go through. Looking back, I can't believe that was February March. Wow. Yeah, because just before COVID. And uh, what did you enjoy most about that night? What, what did, what's your memory then? Because at 2-0, it looked as though it wasn't yeah, going to be a happy is, night. Yep. At, uh, people, guy next to me leaving at 2-0. Uh, I'll never forget that. Mm-hmm. 2-0, a guy, guy in the sun next to me decided to leave early because they thought I was no point in winning. No, we're not going to win, so we're going to leave. Mm-hmm. And then obviously come back to win. That's why I never leave again early. Scott, I think that is a good uh, way to be. Um, Craig, you remember that night well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, it was uh, again. Uh, I tried to like Darren stay away from the you know expected people to think yeah. you're going to talk about Rangers and all that. But again, it was a you know great moment uh, for uh, the football club. Obviously, uh, their reputation in that competition uh, over the last twelve to, to twenty four months has improved dramatically. And, and you know when you when you get those kind of results and coming from behind, and I think it's a great message as well to supporters that. Don't leave early because you never know what can happen in a game of fo- football. I remember watching a, a grand final back in Australia and people left early and there was two goals in the last two minutes and they, they missed the best part of the grand final. Yeah. Remember Liverpool in the Champions League final? You know, th- I was just yeah, about three, to say that. Yeah. Because I was, I'll give him a plug, Simon Ferry's <laughs> show that he was doing. He was uh, speaking to Jamie Carragher and he's speaking about the Istanbul. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So they're probably few and far between their moments in the history of sport. So if you leave early, probably more often than not, you'll get it right and yeah, your yeah, team will yeah. go on and lose, but you might just miss one of the biggest moments. So um, you, certainly certainly Rangers coming against Braga, I can imagine as a Rangers supporter, that was excellent. Mm-hmm. Scott, what's the big Christmas present? Is it PS5 you're looking for? No, it's mainly just money and clothes, mainly this year. <laughs> I know that and with the family. Also, yeah. back on the yeah. sort of Braga game, I think the most... I think the most Confusing thing about that game was the fact we were in such poor form in the league. We did, and two and down, we thought, "Oh, here we go again." We managed to pluck that out of nowhere. Yeah, it was incredible. Was yeah, that's so true. I think that was just after we lost to Hearts at Tynecastle, mm-hmm. and then we drew with St John's in the game after. Sometimes that distraction, um, you know, if your form's not great in one competition, and you get that distraction of, of playing in another competition, can bring a bring a lift. Um, and certainly, you know, from two 0 down. A lift, a lift, and some was exactly what happened on that night. He can definitely do it in Europe in last season. That's true. You forget; it's easy to forget that the contrast. Rangers just, you know, almost went to pieces in the league, but we're still doing so well uh, in the Europa League. I think they I think Rangers are set up. I think it suits their style, European football. Um, I think in the second half of the season in Europa League, there won't be many teams that will look at Rangers and think. I'd fancy getting them I think they're a match for anyone and, and as I said I think their style is very well suited to European football Scott what are you feeling about this season now 16 points clear you're almost there do you think I'm still not I'm still not 
hundred percent yet because we saw what happened last season and Celtic looked like they're ticking up and Griffiths, who I think Celtic's best player, is starting to play now, which is slightly worrying for second of January. So I'm confident but I'm not hundred percent there yet. What did you feel after the St Mirren result? I felt I felt to be honest, I felt here we go again. Mm. And compared then, to the yeah. last couple of last seasons and then 1-0 down against Motherwell you think oh here we go again and then win 3-1 and then last night was comfortable as I've seen it in a while you know, it's, it's it's funny you say that Scott like, again because I'd spoken to a couple of Rangers fans after the disappointment <clears throat> excuse me in the in the cup and it was like you know we need to be able to respond uh, against Motherwell uh, but you know when you talk about whether that was possible, you know, a lot of the fans were nervous when you talk about potentially winning the league, rightfully so, still a little bit nervous um, because of of previous seasons in terms of being in a good position and then letting things slip. Um, so, look, hopefully it'll be a, a different back end of the season, but we've touched on it here already, uh, Darren, about how tough and, and, and championships are won January onwards. You know, it's great to be in a position now where there's been some good work done, but... It's really from here on in what that pressure can do to teams. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Obviously, I have a lot of a lot of Rangers fans, um, our friends that are Rangers fans. And last year uh, at Celtic Park, when Rangers won, my phone was going off the hook, <laughs> and it was here we go and blah blah. blah. Yeah. I don't hear a lot of it this year. I think as a, as a whole, Rangers supporters, the team, it certainly is been fed from the manager Stephen Gerrard is. Hold your horses. Let's let's mm. wait and see. I am um, so I've so I've I've a couple of pals that usually are are the first to tell me when Rangers doing well and they're they're being very very quiet. But mind you, if, if they the do if they do go and win the league, I'm sure they uh, won't be shy and and ringing me up after that. I've had the opposite, obviously, for all the su- uh, success that Celtic have had yeah. recently. And I had a couple of uh, mates back home in Oz, and they're massive Celtic supporters, and normally terrorising you know, with, with, yeah. with Texas and we won this and what about you but I've not heard too much from them so far this season Yeah, not so much about the Petrofac Cup it's not been mentioned for a wee while has it <laughs> <laughs> Scott who, who would you mention what about Morellas where do you stand on the striker that you know most people say if you were playing against Rangers you hope he's on the bench but uh, what do you think about Morellas this season I think he's just in a goal drought but he's still contributing well to the team when he came on last night I think he created two chances obviously missed that set mm-hmm. he's, he's been creating chances all season and uh, helping midfield get his creating space for sort of wingers and midfielders to run in behind but I think he's just in a goal drought and all strikers have a dip in form but the fact he's still contributing and getting chances as I'd see is more of a plus because I'd rather him be in a goal drought and still getting the opportunities rather than being a goal drought but goes missing for 90 minutes Most important thing for me Scott is uh, with any striker out of form um, obviously what they do on the training field uh, the effort goes without saying but I remember again go back to Ali McCoy I remember Coisey is continually put yourself in goal scoring positions Mm -hmm. Keep getting yourself in the right areas and then, you know what, if you do that, eventually something will drop. It might pop off your knee, it might pop off your shin and that's you up and running again. So, it's you know, even the miss from Morelos um, last night, the disappointing thing was that he doesn't hit the target. Uh, yeah, he doesn't hit the da- target, doesn't test the goalkeeper, but um, just got to keep putting yourself in those goal-scoring positions and they've done it before and I'm sure they'll do it again. See, the thing with Morelos is there's certain strikers you play against and 
I'll talk tr- from experience of playing against him is you know no matter what even if he's a poor game you're going to have to compete against him mm-hmm. he, he occupies centre-backs even if he has a poor game he'll you come out of it knowing you probably have a few scratches on you you've battled Morelos was always that character now mind you I was going to play Rangers with Dundee where you knew you'd probably be on the back foot and he would have a good game but he is a striker I always associate with as a centre-back you're going to have to hurt against them. You're going to have to go and scrap and at times you maybe go over the line a little bit and so does he. But he's he's a player that all you, you don't have an easy day against them regardless whether he's actually particularly playing well. Mm-hmm. Scott, great chat. Thanks very much for calling hey, and have a great have a Christmas, Christmas and New Year. You too, guys. Cheers, Scott. Thanks a lot. Good question there. I meant to ask you, where, where do you stand on the Panenka about Edward and the cup final? Craig Gordon wasn't happy. Neil McCann gave him some stick on telly. What do you think, Darren? Uh, I, I completely understand Craig Gordon's reaction. I don't think any goalkeeper <laughs> played. Oh, yeah, got, it, that used to be actual unwritten rule. When if you ever did in train and the goalkeeper caught it, they would launch the ball as yeah. far as possible, yeah. and then you had to go and get it. So yeah. goalkeepers, yeah. I get Craig Gordon's reaction. That's yeah. by the by. Yeah. The the actual taking of the penalty. Not it, I don't buy into disrespect for like that. The courage to do and do that. As a teammate, I wouldn't have been a fan of that. <clears throat> I don't see the need to have to have to do that. But I'm going to contradict myself. See the admiration for someone to actually have the courage to do that is yeah. it's just outrageous to be honest with you. In that level, in that moment, to go and do it is it takes serious, serious bottles. So I admire the the kind of uh, personality of it, but um, yeah. I'm probably not the biggest fan of it. But it's. You can't, you can't not admire it. Yeah, but it's one, it's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, when we're when we're watching the game, that sort of stuff, we we like to see that the the, the flair and that individuality, and and like, yeah, certainly not my choice of a, of a penalty. Yeah, it's, uh, not, and, it's not disrespectful. It's to not, it's not, it's, no, not disrespectful. No. And I think to you know the execution, the, the way he does yeah. it. It's a lot. You put you put yourself under a lot of pressure yeah. by taking a penalty in that way. If you miss it, you look at. I think it was Lookman at Fulham That's this right. year, That's right. this season. You know, like Fulham was struggling, one nil down, a 90th minute penalty, and and it went wrong. You so look stupid. You look yeah. stupid. So uh, I don't think it was disrespectful. That's just a confidence of the player, and big confidence because you know we have seen players miss. A couple of other, um, not headlines, but stories going around today. Rangers are reported to be keeping tabs on Karamoko Dembele's older brother, Siriki, who plays for Peterborough. Um, picked yeah. up anything on that? No, nah, look, I mean, uh, Rangers, Celtic, look, they're, they're, they're monitoring many, many players. Uh, it's just, you know, it's part of what they do. Sometimes we get, we get some names that will strike a chord and are good yeah. for the media. Um, a little bit more attention, I guess. I mean, I'm trying to think in terms of serious recruitment whether Rangers... Will do anything in January? Do they need to? And do they need to? Yeah. I well, mean, they hold on to everybody in January. Yeah, no. That's for me a really, really good question because, you know, you've got a team that are in, in good form. Um, he's, he's been able to mix the, uh, the starting 11. Uh, but is there a player or two that you think that, yeah, maybe they'll be frustrated and look to, to try and get out? I, I think the Edmonstons uh, and Jones, mm-hmm. uh, but again, obviously they had the issue uh, during the season. But I think that's the interesting thing about Rangers and Celtic. Will they do anything in the transfer window? I'm going to ask you that just after this. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! The Go Radio Football Show on Christmas Eve with OPC Energy Limited. Thanks to everyone who tunes in throughout the year. Yeah, we've been on for nearly five months and we're absolutely delighted you've made the switch 
to Go Radio Football Show. There's uh, room for so many, isn't there, Craig? Uh, Glasgow in the West loves its football and we've got a great level of conversation with our listeners who come on. They uh, love the game. Absolutely love it. Look, and it's been a, it's been fantastic for me as well coming over here and working with, with many different people that are, um, you know, it's great to, to, to share stories the, the interest in football here is phenomenal, it really is, and, and Go Radio are flying. That's great. Five months, great work. It's great to have you on the station. Thanks a lot. You too, Darren. Um, I think there are so many people, uh, and you've played so currently, it's brilliant to get that insight. And I love what you were saying. Because sometimes we'll say, do you think such and such? You go, no, that's not what I think at all. I love that. You say exactly what you think, a bit like Craig. Yeah, it can get you in bother sometimes. <laughs> um, but no, no, I think the appetite for, for football, and yeah. we're speaking to the earlier caller about it, is huge in Scotland. Um, it's it's a massive part of people's lives so fingers crossed 2021 can can bring uh, more happy times for everyone and I think we get great feedback the banter between people who've played at Celtic Rangers uh, because lucky enough to work close to it over the years mm-hmm. you realise there's great people on, on, on both sides and some people you maybe would choose not to spend time with the people that love football and are involved in it and it's yeah. a national game yeah. are people, Craig. And, and you hear the stories. I heard you the other night, actually, with Martin O'Neill, who joked and said, I, I hope uh, never to speak to you again. Uh, how it was, it it was wasn't brilliant. It great? Martin, yeah. Martin O'Neill was, was brilliant. And, and you know what? Um, yes, he managed Celtic. And yes, he was very, very successful. I, I love listening to his stories. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And look, I mean... Unfortunately, like in Glasgow and all that sort of stuff, you you know players from the other side and normally you're with the national team, that sort of stuff. It's not, it's, for me, it's never, ever been a problem. Um, you know, I, I can talk I can talk about Rangers and everyone knows that I played for Rangers. So, that, you know, but I, at the same time, there's an interest in what Celtic do as well because I think it's good for the game. But you've got to understand that that doesn't necessarily happen with every single person of in course. the west of Scotland. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was maybe a little bit different. My experience was... I was very boxed up because I grew up here. I was 15 when I came over. I was very much part of the bubble. Um, and the thought of socialising with a Rangers player yeah. would have no chance. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the thought of even saying hello to them in the street would have been no chance because they were just such bitter rivals. You knew they were your direct competition all the time. But all these guys, uh, a great example, Stephen Smith, someone that yeah. I, I regularly yeah. would have fought with because we played against each other in youth teams and, yeah. and reserve games um, and obviously then the first team. But we ended up uh, sharing our licence together, uh, doing our B and A licence together. Mm. But just coincidentally ended up going on holiday at the exact same time to the same hotel. He's two wonderful kids, a lovely wife. Spent the whole two weeks together and then the year after then actually arranged to go at the same time. Hadn't seen him all year, but it was kind of our family's fit. Our kids got on. It was yeah. great. Um, and you kind of sit there and you share a drink or whatever it may be and you think, my God, if this was 10 years ago. Um, yeah, yeah. So, no, no. Yeah. Now my perspective on things is completely different. You're, but this this city can absolutely get hold of it you can Blantyre's finest Stephen Smith a great guy and he's got his football academy now as well I think he's giving a lot back uh, bringing young yeah, people yeah, on yeah. 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 Um, brilliant brilliant yeah. like I said I know Stevie from a yeah. very very young lad coming through my time at Rangers um, lovely lovely person and, and again look I think when people come out the other side of football uh, you know some want to be a coach and be involved but you know, there's people that want to do many different things, and and to be able to give back or or you know give opportunity or to be able to open doors and utilise your connections, uh, for me I think is is fantastic. Um, 
you know, the more people that can do that, there's fantastic mm. opportunities for people. You mentioned Cy Ferry. He will be back on a Monday with Barry Ferguson. And look at Barry still playing, uh, well, not playing, but coaching Kelty Hearts. Yeah. You know, at good level yeah. uh, in the Lowland League, but top of the table. He's on here as well, three nights a week. And it's been great to get to know Barry and Cy. Obviously, Cy at the younger end. The number of people who say to me, I mean, this morning, Cafe Gondolfi, uh, Donald was saying, oh, I love uh, Cy Ferry. It's Jamie Carricker. You mentioned Jamie's on the podcast. See the new generation coming through. It's brilliant the way social media and radio and TV coming together. Size thing with uh, Jamie Carricker. Did you enjoy it? The the, the open yeah, goal. Yeah. Well, obviously, so, me and Cy grew up together in yeah. Celtic yeah. Academy. I've known him since he was lively. Like Fifty. Yeah. Was it always oh, crazy? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It's funny because I, see the way he is now. Like he he's tailor made for it. He's tailor made for it. But he was a, he was a brilliant player as well. Um, and obviously he's still playing. Um, but yeah, I did. I, I watched it. I thought it was excellent. And it's they seem to get kind of professional people or professional football yeah. players to relax in their company and I yeah. think that's the beauty of it yeah. and you kind of get more out of them um, so he's done well for himself and he, he asked uh, I think Slaney asked Jimmy Carricker um, any chance that Celtic could win 10 in a row and I think Carricker says no chance and so they've got a bet on yeah. that if Celtic do win it then Slaney goes and stays in his house for a week I think oh my god <laughs> 10 bedrooms yeah but again it's, it's brilliant isn't it like I so they, 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 yeah. they have a lot of fun uh, yeah. with any of the work that they're doing um, those kind of challenges or bets or a little bit like there's a little bit of fun and I, I think I think it's fantastic I done an interview with Sai last year and, and what, a, what a character it kind of you know the interview just went really really quickly and I think that's when I hit him with uh, Shandy time and it, we used to go with the boys and have Shandy time coming back and he absolutely loved it loved it yeah he was always, he was always a massive character mm-hmm. um, yeah. around the place he was obviously a, a very good footballer as well um, he could have done more, couldn't he? And he says it himself. He should have gone. Yeah, and no, he went. In yeah. fairness to him, he went through a period, and there was a, there was a few of them. Um, I remember went through a period where he couldn't get fit. He just couldn't get fit. He had, he had ankle the problems. Bad injuries. I think he had, yeah, yeah. Did he? Uh, I'm sure it was his ankle. I'm sure he had even groin problems as well. Um, he couldn't get fit. And listen, I was part of the nights how he was on, yeah. and I did all right. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I spent many a night with Sai. So. Um, no, he, he was he's a great lad and, and he's listen, he's had a decent career, um, but he's yeah. looks like he's gonna have a better career in the in the media game. <laughs> is he is he gonna well, go maybe into management? Will he go into no, management? No, no. Surely no. not. Well, he says you know the way he reads the game, he reads it so no, well. No, no, he, yeah. he he could potentially, but not yeah. when yeah. you're not when you're doing what he's doing now. Okay. I, I seen yeah. I seen him play once. I went up and watched I think the cup Peterhead Head v Dundee oh, yeah. United. Mm-hmm. Um, he went from uh, centre of the midfield to, to centre half that game. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But you can see yeah. you can see he's an in, He's an intelligent player. He just couldn't get about. Do you know what? Sai's my biggest thing with him, remember him, was he was infectious. Yeah. Really uh really infectious as a trainer. He'd come, whether it be the first team or the reserves, and he would change the intensity of it. And and he's probably still like that. I've not seen him play. Ferguson and Ferry could be a double act in management I'm telling you the Anton Deck on here they got on so well you never know well yeah. one, one will growl yeah. uh, Fergie but he's a growler right. yeah. uh, whereas obviously yeah. Sai obviously will bring the smile on the face you've got, you've got to have good cop bad cop you definitely have to when you it comes to indeed. management we'll make a gear shift to another uh, very talented player who certainly did make it and went right to the top Stephen Gerrard did so well one of the, the greats of Liverpool when we mentioned 3-0 three, three down in Istanbul and then to come around that was one of the most remarkable nights but uh, yeah Rangers is going well so far this season this weekend it's Hibs at Ibrox and that's where his focus is 
over Christmas. For me, the focus is Hibernian now. This was a tough fixture tonight, you know, 23rd of December, cold night away from home against a well-drilled team with good players. This was a good test and challenge for us tonight, but the players have passed it, and they've passed it by just treating each game as it comes, and the next test now is Hibs. That'll be tough, a good team. A team that's took a couple of points away from us before. But this game's at Ibrox, so um, we want to build on this performance tonight and go there and try and take maximum points again. It could have been so different at the start of this year when things were going wrong, but you have to admire the way he's galvanised Rangers, he's organised them, and uh, they seem to know what they're doing. Yeah, I think he said in, in one of his previous comments, it's just been a process. He's slowly built a squad of players that is certainly he considers and are, are at the minute looking like they can go and win a league title. Um, but you never know what what reaction you'll have when the real pressure hits um, and certainly at the minute there's no reason to think that Rangers will react badly to it but only time will tell we, it was a similar situation that Celtic were kind of getting criti- criticised but it was saying well Celtic have never been in a bad run, run So yeah. how, and we were saying well how can you criticise them that it's similar <laughs> yeah. with Rangers yeah, at the yeah, minute yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're kind of saying well they don't have. They, they haven't had that moment yet. Where although you could argue and say the Saint Mirren game was that moment where they reacted really well, mm-hmm. um, but certainly the second half of the season, the pressure really cranks up. Greg, what do you think Rangers need, if anything? We touched on it earlier. In, I'm going to ask the same about Celtic. You know what? When you look at Rangers, you say, "Well, yeah." Apart from, I think you got Patterson as cover for Tavernier, mm-hmm. right? Everywhere else, mm-hmm. you, you you think. Rangers are pretty pretty strong. I mean, I know that you know you've heard managers and clubs say you know when when you're strong, strengthen um, to keep that competition. But look, I don't think there's any urgent business that, that that Rangers need to do. But at the same time, I have no doubt they'll be looking for opportunities because sometimes it's just an opportunity that might come up. Um, interesting to 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 hear down what potentially you think Celtic may or may not do. I, I mean, I've. I don't know. The goalkeeper probably has been the talking point at, at some stage. I know Hazard's come in and done a and done a good job. Yep. Uh, but obviously, there's been, I guess, some unhappiness mm. for him to get that opportunity sure. in the first place. Is he a goalkeeper that the Celtic supporters think that he can uh, help us go and chase Rangers down and win a league? I, I don't know. This is the thing, and and I, we spoke weeks and weeks ago about. I can't remember. It was definitely a caller that called in about it. Is it's not as simple as saying no, no, yeah, go and right. recruit. Where do Celtic and Rangers recruit? They've got yeah. such a really kind of unique market that they have to shop from. You go down to England, you're going to pay huge, huge yep. prices. Can they afford that? It's, t- it's tough. You're not guaranteed the success as well when when you sign big money signs. January is a very tough window to do any business in. It's normally a quiet one as well, isn't sure. it? A relatively quiet window. You're only going to get a player unless you spend over the odds mm. you're only going to get a player that's not been not playing, playing so maybe not match fit yeah. um, is maybe needing time to get up to speed and certainly Celtic and Rangers don't want to be signing anyone that can come in and make an immediate impact mm-hmm. Is Mikey Johnson going to be like a new signing for them having him back? James, James Forrest as well Yeah of don't course forget he, He's come back and he's obviously still a bit away I'm not sure exactly where he is but he, he'll be like a new sign mm. Sorrow's been like a new signing David mm-hmm. Turnbull mm-hmm. well is a new signing but uh, yeah, it's certainly yeah. at this stage in the season yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Michael Johnson, um, Celtic have, have obviously 
had two two wide players out. Um, he's a player that can go and really excite people and get eliminate people. And, and maybe Celtic have lacked that at times. Frimpong, obviously, off the right, has done it at, at times. So um, Celtic have a couple of players to get back. Doing business in January would be very, very difficult. So for Santa, they'd be asking uh, for James Forrest to come back because they've missed him big time. Uh, Darren, I'm, I'm just looking, uh, Craig, at the bench last night for Rangers. McLaughlin, Bassey, Balogun, Patterson, you mentioned, Zungu, Arfield, Defoe, Itton and Morellas. Many of them came on. And the Celtic bench, Barkas, Taylor, Beton, Ayeti, Klamala, Rojic, Johnson and Cham and Elianusi. Still very strong. Very, very very strong. I mean, look, so far what's happened this season is is, is Celtic have had that kind of bad run in terms of uh, getting stuck and and not getting the points that they would like to have... um, have got Rangers have had this this near perfect run, haven't they? But like I says, until that test um, in the league happens, um, and it may not happen, but it, you know when it happens again, it's about how they can bounce back, and you've got to bounce back quickly because what we've seen many different times is momentum and a swing, and it can happen heavy and it can happen quickly. Yeah, and and, and again going back to the transfer kind of stuff in January. Celtic's bench there I'm going to say six or seven of them international players ah, yeah. top, oh, yeah. top, top so bench it, do you mean, to go and even just get a squad player it's going to yeah. cost a lot of money and January's probably not the best time to be doing it I'm sure both clubs as you rightly said will always look to strengthen no. they always have to but it's not simple um, So, but yeah there's going to be it's going to be an interesting second half season that's for sure it's nine days away we've got 30 seconds left will I put you in the spot or will we hear from you before January the 2nd what's your instinct can you say just now, Craig, or is it going my, to be... My, look, my yeah. instinct is that Rangers will go into that game um, having, having a, I think, a, a couple more wins. Um, and I think that yep. it's, a, it's a winnable game for Rangers. I don't see them losing it. Mm. A draw is possible. And you think Celtic will come with uh, full points? You know, I th- think Celtic will as well. Okay. I think, I think yep. uh, against Hamilton and, yep. uh, tomorrow, they'll, sure. they'll absolutely tonk Hamilton. Darren, what do you think for the second? I agree. I think they'll both go in with maximum points. And then I think Celtic will do something they haven't done before. Darren, something different. Yep. Yeah. Something different. Look out for that. Darren D, Craig Moore, thanks very much. Wish you a very Merry Christmas yes, with the family. Likewise. Have a great time. Stay likewise. safe, everyone. And uh, we'll see you soon. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go.